We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Good. We'll see 2.0. Is Jadarian Price fully recovered? How is he looking? We talked talked about him a little yesterday and today. He looks great. He looks great. I mean, we just got to see if he can stay healthy and and stay fresh. Yeah. That's the thing. I mean, it's, it's the big thing that I've talked about, Ryan, is with an Achilles, he may look great now, but it can fatigue a lot quicker. And then you lose that burst. We don't know if that's going to happen or not because we're not there yet. But he looks great, no. man. So far, right now, two practices in, he looks great. He looks really good. Yeah, yeah. We had a question from Douglas Round Roundabouts. Oh, yeah, sorry, there's Douglas a Road Douglas Road down. Like Douglas Road is a road right by our um, like near near us, and it mm. has a round has roundabouts. It's gotcha. roundabouts, and that's basically what that is. So. Have you noticed any difference in the style message for quarterback coaching from Tommy Reese to Gino, Gino Gadouli? Not really. Some different drills. We just haven't seen enough of that. I mean, he's not as loud as Coach Reese, just different kind of voice. But he also has a different role than Coach yeah. Reese did. That's going to factor into it as well. Coach Reese was the offensive coordinator. He had to be loud and talkative. Uh, he's. I'll say this. He's very active. I mean, he's very involved in coaching and instruction and drills. It's it's hard for me to say specific. I mean, Tommy Reese was never going off on players on practices where we were there. You know, I mean, it was so I, you know, I. It's just too early to tell, Ryan. I mean, th- those are yeah. big picture questions that you're going to need a lot more. Vi- you just got to see it a lot more, in yeah. my opinion, before we start making those kind of prognostications. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'll ask Did this one, Ryan, because I want to get your opinion yeah. on this. Can I ask this one? Because I want to get—I sure. want you to answer this one. Uh, if you, this is from Gideon Rosa. If you had to comp for Taylor Taylor, if you had to make a comp for Taylor Taylor, who would it be? I think it's one I said before, but he reminds me a lot of Garrett Wilson that played That's Ohio the State. One in my now head. Yep. New York Jets. I think that he's I a like that one. very interesting combination of explosiveness, change of direction, ability to play inside and outs. I mean, he does a little bit of everything, which I think is he makes the game look very easy. And that's one thing that Garrett Wilson always did at Ohio State. And now with the New York Jets is he just made everything look very easy. Great answer. Great answer. We have a super sticker from Richard Andrews. Richard, thank you very, very much for that. It's Charlie Weiss's last belt loop. Any, so any speculation on love being a punt return or kick return? Thanks, IB. We talked about this yesterday. Uh, he did return. He was one of six guys back there catching punts. Nice. And we have talked about him being a potential kick returner. So um, we have yet to see them take any kick return snaps yet. But as we said yesterday, he was one of six guys back there taking catching punts yesterday. And, and- He's got a little swagger and he wears number 12. I believe the Ricky Waters comps are yes. going to be like unavoidable. At and some rightfully point. so. Yeah. And ri- I just hope he plays like Ricky did. That's yeah. that's my hope. YouTube user said. And that's Salty Virginia Peanuts, man. Oh, it doesn't it say just it doesn't, the screen. It doesn't show up. Yeah. No. It, it, when he gave the super chat, it didn't show up that way. Oh, but yeah. Salty. Super, my my salty deepest Virginia apologies, peanuts. man. Yeah. My, do- my deepest apologies, Salty. <laughs> just love me some IB. Today is my eldest son's Brady's birthday. I'm telling him I gave him a gift to Irish Breakdown. I gave him a gift to Irish Breakdown. <laughs> I appreciate you, that. Thank you. I appreciate you're only, that. You're only going to give him a $20 gift. Huh? Well, maybe, uh, maybe you don't tell him that because I don't want your kid to grow up hating Irish Breakdown. But uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, also, also, don't tell him that you only gave twenty bucks and that was for his gift. Yeah, like that's, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. He might not like that. He might yeah. not like that. But we appreciate you, salty. No doubt about it. Salty Virginia YouTube user. Someone said uh, Notre Dame twenty one sixty four. What do you think? All I'm sorry. What do you all think? The chances of us being able to showcase all five of our great running backs in the same game, maybe in a blowout, showing off how deep the room is, maybe. I think there's a chance they could feature all five running backs in every single game they play this year, Ryan. It just depends on who steps up. So if I were to say to you, okay, I Jadarian Price is going to be your every down kick returner. Jeremiah Love's going to be your every down punt returner or vice versa. And your three-man rotation is Audric, Devin Ford, and Jabron Payne. And then insert any one of those three into a return job. And, you know, Jadarian Price. So if Jadarian Price is going to be your number two back, then you may not want him on kick returns because you don't want to put that extra volume on him. And you say, well, you only return maybe a couple kicks a game. That's not what I'm talking about. 
You've got all the returns you've got to work on in practice, all the extra reps you're taking as a returner in practice. It all adds up to putting more wear and tear on your on your legs because you don't just show up on Saturday and catch a couple kicks, right? Is practice reps that go into it. Maybe he might be better served to rest during those periods if he's your number two back. Well, then all of a sudden, maybe Jerron Payne is your your kick returner or punt returner, and Jeremiah loves your kick returner, right? So there's a scenario where just the special teams alone allows you to showcase all five of your backs in a non-blowout form. I'm not predicting that because, I mean, guys like Jaden Greathouse and Micah Bell and, you know, Chris Tyree are all going to have a say on who the returners are this year, right? So Jaden Mickey apparently too. But I could see that alone. It's going to be hard to show, focus, showcase all five in a non-blowout. It yeah. is. A lot of options is. is return men this year, which is yeah. very refreshing, man. Very, oh, yeah. very refreshing. It's been oh, some years where yeah. you're just like, ooh, <laughs> yeah. we got to oh, return yeah. on the roster, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, Ryan, we got another one from Notre Dame 2164. It's a recruiting question, so I'll go ahead and ask it and let you answer it. It's, it's, uh, is Jim Flanagan, is James Flanagan a different type of tight end than Nate Roberts? I I mean, so I think that they both do different things, but also can work in tandem because they do some things also similarly to me. I mean, they're both kids that are going to be traditional size tight ends when it's all said and done. I mean, James Flanagan's six, five, six, five and a half. And he's going to be, he's already about two thirty. He's going to be two fifty plus pretty easily by the time he gets to college or at least early on in his college career. Nate Roberts is six, four and a half. He's up near 235, 240 pounds now. So he'll be 245, 250 as well. I think the great thing about these players is they're going to be able to work together. I think yeah. that both guys can work in line, but I think if you had a tight end tandem of James Flanagan and Nate Roberts, James Flanagan's the inline tight end, and Nate Roberts is kind of that movable chess piece. You can throw him into the slot. You can motion him across. You can work both of them in some, in some you know, t- twelve personnel to really get both of their you know great, great um, impact into the offense together. So they have some similar quality ish. They're more traditional sized inline tight ends from a just a physical perspective, but I think that Nate brings that versatility that he can line up everywhere. And James can do that a little bit as well, but I think that both of them in tandem can work really well together. Agree. And you nailed it. Differences, but similar, which is yeah. kind of where you want to be like Holden Stace and Eli Raritan are very different, but also right. similar in some ways. And, it's and it's not well like together. Brock Bowers and um, Darnell Watts. Yes. yes. It's not like yes. polar opposites. Yes. They are have some similarities to them. That is a good comparison of two very different tight ends. Yes. Mr. 2.0 says, thinking about Ivan Taylor, Notre Dame seems to do well with kids who have high-profile parents. Do you think this is because their parents understand the value of 4 for 40, or is there more to it? Well, I think that's the start of it. I mean, that's where it begins. It's, but it's... Right. Sorry. No, go ahead, Ryan. You started it, man. You you, you were about to say it. Go ahead. You got it. I was going to say that if I grow up in a great household of parents that have that type of viewpoints, that's going to rub off on kids. Obviously that's how mm-hmm. they were raised. Right. I talked to a coach today who just, he said something great. He was, I was asking him just about, you know, the impact the, the program has had on this particular athlete. And he said, you know, we're just an extension of the households. That, that's kind of what we look at. Right. So mm-hmm. who your parents are, what they value, those things all rub off on kids. So I think yep. most part, you do see a lot of players that gravitate towards Notre Dame that come from great families, great support systems that value those things tremendously. So I do think there's tangibly something there, Mr. 2.0. I just think that that's where it starts, though. That's not it's necessarily where it where starts. It yeah, it's where it starts. 
to me also, what I have found is a lot of former professional athletes definitely value the Notre Dame education because they have seen with their own eyes the challenge of making and keeping money. But also, they there's been guys who I've interviewed in the past. I can't remember. There's a, a guy who I interviewed. His son ended up not picking Notre Dame. But the reason the dad really liked Notre Dame, he's like, a lot of my former teammates that played at Notre Dame made more money after their playing career than they did right. during. And a lot of it tied back to the education they got at Notre Dame and how that set them up for life. They also, I think a lot of former athletes, Ryan, see the fragileness of a career. They saw the great young player whose career got ruined by injury, off the field issues, whatever the case they may be, and saying, hey, if football gets taken away and you've got a degree from here, you can still be very successful in life, very successful in life. And that matters. And that's why that's what helped Stanford during the Harbaugh Shaw era get some of those guys too. Stanford started getting some of those former professional athletes kids when they, and they were beating Notre Dame for them. And a lot of it was just that right there, Ryan, is, hey, I know what a Stanford degree can do for my son. Hey, if, if you can play in the NFL, you can play anywhere. I mean, these guys play with former FCS players and all this other kind of stuff. But, you know, Alabama can give you this, but Notre Dame can give you this and this. Right. And, and parents of former athletes see that more because they know how easily 20 million dollars can be gone like that and what do you have you got a bunch of injuries a degree that means nothing from some school that didn't give a rip about educating me and now what am i gonna do with the rest of my life all the people that were taken from me are gone because i got nothing of value for them you know but if this you can't take away that degree that education more so than the degree the education is the thing we all say well you get that notre dame degree well, that's fine. It's just a piece of paper, right? It's the education behind that degree. Todd Light is not incredibly successful in his post-football career because he has a degree from Notre Dame. It's the education, you know, he just has that piece of paper and that allows him to be, no, it's the education he got that led to him getting the degree. And I, and that's what, when I say get that degree, that's what I'm, I want people to be clear. That's what I'm referring to. It's yep. that part of it. And a lot of former athletes, under, they see that, specifically with former Notre Dame and Stanford players. And that's why I think a lot of them value that in my opinion. If, if someone wants to send me $20 million, I'll see how quickly it goes as well. So somebody wants yeah. to send that to me. I'm Salty, sorry. you, you yeah. only sent $20 in earlier. So if you got $20 million, I'm going to ask this in know. hopes, Ryan, my fingers are crossed that you've seen this. Have you ever seen the movie Brewster's Millions? Yes. With Richard. So you could spend a lot of money really quickly if you wanted okay. to. I mean, oh, well, you, you I just, I just want to know, I just want to know what it's like. That's all. I know. So. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nick P said random thought after watching some clips from practice, am I seeing things or do the pants look more gold this year? Hmm. Uh, they, they definitely look gold. Yeah. I honestly couldn't tell you if they look more gold than past years. I'm going to try to look at some pictures from past years, but I honestly don't have a clue. So I, I'd have to I'd have to go look and try to find some older pictures from past practices, but um, yeah, I'm 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 not sure. I've always, but here's the thing: I've always thought the pants at practice looked more gold. They've always been that way. It's the game pants that they, like they don't wear those mustard pants in practice. I, I don't I don't remember ever seeing that in practice. You know, like Ryan, you were at practices last year. Did the did the pants look like the ones they wore in games? They didn't to no. me. No. So I'm, I'm not sure. I haven't really, I don't, but you guys know me. I'm not like the guy that's like looking at, fa- oh, fashion statements. What gloves are they wearing? All that other kind of stuff. We had a question from Berkshire Yank. If you had to bet who has a better career, Justin Scott or Bryce Young? 
Uh, Justin Scott. Sorry. If I, I mean, had to no bet, yeah. I mean, if I had to put money on it, I'd put Justin Scott because the ceiling, yeah. the floor is higher. Do I think Bryce Young can end up? Could, could Bryce Young have a better career than Justin Scott? Of course. I mean, it's possible. Well, it could always happen. Yeah. But yeah. I, if I'm going to bet, Ryan, I always bet on the guy with the higher floor, not the guy with the higher ceiling. Right. Like I know people in the in the evaluation industry, I'll say, that think that Bryce Young's ceiling is higher than Justin Scott's. Whew. Here's my point. Let's grant that premise. Sure. Let's accept that premise for argument's sake. If I'm betting on who's going to have the better career, I'm going to bet my money and take the risk on the higher floor guy. And right now, Justin Scott on his sides alone has the higher floor. And people say, well, you know, Justin's raw, not nearly as raw as Bryant Young is. Because Bryant Young and and Justin Scott are both somewhat raw technically. Bryant Young is also raw physically. Bryce. Justin is not. Bryce Young. Yeah, Bryant. Well, yeah. Bryant was too. I mean, he was 6'3", 240 when he sure. showed up in Notre Dame. He wasn't sure. a dominant nose tackle the minute he showed up. But, but yes, Bryce. I don't know why I keep – I'm sorry. Bryce, you are your own man. Bryce Young. So if I'm betting, I'm, I'm going to take that. If, would I be shocked if Bryce Young the, – the, here's why I say would I be shocked if Bryant Young is better than Justin Scott? No, for a couple reasons. You know, There are enough questions I have about Justin Scott and you look at Bryce Young's frame, his upside, and his DNA, I wouldn't be shocked if he ends up being better. I'm just not predicting it. You know, I just, and especially if I had to put money on it, definitely not going to do that. I always put money on the higher floor, Ryan, if, if I were ever to do that. But that, that's easy to say because I've never actually gambled. But if I did, that would be my philosophy of gambling. All right, crying belly. Do you guys have LSU versus Alabama marked on your calendars this year too? I do because I, it's going to be a huge – forget if Brian Kelly was not the head coach at LSU, yes, I'd have that game marked on my calendar because it's going to be a big, big game in college football. And I always have – good rivalry. I have, yeah. I have Florida State, uh, Clemson marked on my calendar. I have Florida State, LSU marked on my calendar. I have tons of big games marked on my calendar. Michigan, East Carolina – oh, wait, no, Michigan doesn't play any big games at a conference. Uh, but, no, I mean, in, in all seriousness, I always have big games marked on my calendar. I, I, I love – those things. I mean, I love those games of college football. Yeah. So yeah, I do. I don't know. It's a really what, good rivalry too. Yeah. They, yeah. Both fan bases don't like each other. So you, yeah. multiple national champions in the last 15, 20, you know what I mean? So yeah. And, and though to me or that, that is going to be the cream of the crop in the West this year as of right now. And so mm-hmm. does, does LSU supplant Alabama? Cause that's, I mean, honestly, Ryan, if, if LSU beats Bama again this year, you have to ask yourself, are they the new SEC West power? And whatever you feel about Brian Kelly, you look at, okay, the last four years, they had the same number of titles. And LSU is now with the new coaches beating Bama twice. Bama's descending. LSU is ascending. You know, LSU is now the new big dog. I mean, that's what we're saying in the Big Ten now, right? You know, right now, Michigan's the new big dog in the Big Ten. Ohio State's got to prove they can beat them. It'd be the same thing if LSU beats them again this year. I don't think it's going to happen, but I, I don't think Alabama's going to crush them either. I think it's going to be yeah. another really good football game because LSU's a, they're both talented football. LSU's talented. Bama's not as talented as they've been. They're still very talented. I think it's going to be a great game. Absolutely yeah. great game. Yeah, Beef Eater, ND08. What's up, Beef Eater? What is your best game day tailgate hack for home games? Mine is Gold Bond medicated <laughs> powder and a ton of water. Okay. So um, mine is bring a chair. 
Like that's my, that's I mean, because I, I don't drink, I don't walk around a ton pregame. I don't, I shouldn't say this. I don't drink alcohol. I drink obviously uh, liquids, but I just don't drink alcohol and I don't walk around a ton. What I would say is if you're talking about like the need for gold bond medicated powder and water is because you're going to be on your feet a lot. So I would say very comfortable shoes. I think both of those are good. Uh, but for me, I don't do tailgates a lot when I do it's hours. So I'm just there. I don't move around a lot. So, um, I don't know that I've ever, like, I think once the first time I went to a Notre Dame game, Ryan, I did the whole around campus thing. My first time, Yeah, that was really it. Now it's just, you come to our, you know, I go to our thing and you know, you're, you're there. Mr. So. 2.0 had a funny comment there, which was pretty. Yeah, awesome. And Brian doesn't drink. That's <laughs> 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 a great comment. That's <laughs> very well played. Yes. I don't drink that either. I don't drink. Water is a good one to be feeder. Always, yeah. always stay hydrated. And, and, and honestly, hydrated. if you're, if you're going to be, I would, I would also encourage you to maybe have a Gatorade that you chug in the middle too, to kind of electrolytes. electrolytes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you're going to be out in the sun all day and, and walk around a lot and very active, that would be a good one too. But uh, obviously a good old H2O. A hat. A hat's another yeah. good one. Always bring a hat. Yeah. Especially if you have, uh, if you don't have a lot of hair and uh, yes. neither Ryan nor I necessarily have, Big thick full heads of hair, you know. I have a buzz cut. Right, I might grow mine out. You know, I might grow. Might mine grow out. your out a little bit. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but yeah, look at the flow. Look at the flow. Yeah, there we'll you see. go. There you go. You you have fun with that. Nikki D twenty one Ryan and Brian. If Notre Dame beats Ohio State, give a small chance of flipping Justin Scott back to Notre Dame. Sure, it increases yeah. the odds, not by a ton, but it certainly helps. De- definitely better. Definitely yeah, better. Definitely it's helps. Yeah, Notre Dame's not giving up on him. And right now, what did Just Scott say? Hey, I, I think this place gives me a better chance to win a championship. That's one of the things he said. Well, Notre Dame can beat them. It might prove that they can be that team too. You know, I it, agree. it won't be like, oh my gosh, Justin Scott's going to flip to Notre Dame tomorrow. <laughs> it, but does it help? Sure. Absolutely. Definitely helps. Crystal Rose said, which conference would want Notre Dame the most? The Big Ten, ACC, or SEC? All of them would want Notre Dame. I mean, yeah. I think it would be a little well, bit of a bidding war. I, mean, I, I will say this. The one that wants Notre Dame the most, to me, that's actually an easy answer. It's the ACC. ACC. Yeah, because yes. they're allegiance to other sports. Yeah, because right. also, Ryan, they need Notre Dame. The Big Ten and the SEC want Notre Dame. I don't. I wouldn't say that either of them necessarily need Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. The ACC, need, if the ACC is going to survive, they need to make some changes. And one of the things that could save the ACC, and we've already seen it happen, is for Notre Dame to join them in football. I mean, go look at the, the the revenue that those schools generated from TV deals the year that Notre Dame joined the league. Despite the right. fact they were it was COVID and they were splitting revenue with an additional team because, I mean, it, people tuned in, man, in a big way. Notre Dame helped them a ton. So I would say the conference that wants them the most would be the ACC because there's there's some – you know what it is, Ryan? It's the desperation of it yeah uh, of it would would mean if notre dame said hey you know what we're going to join a conference we're going to go to the highest bidder we need you to do a b c and d like, you you want to get in the you want to get in the negotiation with the desperate team with the desperate right. desperate conference and to me the acc would be the desperate one they would give you more con- the big 10 is like look we'll give you certain concessions of who you're going to play but that's about it the sec they don't need right. to necessarily notre dame doesn't need the big 10 the big 10 doesn't need notre dame they may partner together someday but there's not neither one needs each other Right. The ACC needs Notre Dame, so they'd be, to me, be more willing to give a lot of the concessions 
that Notre Dame would most likely ask for and should ask for. Like, why else leave being independent? That would be my would be my my, my yep. guess. Nikki D twenty one says, "I know it's been said, but going eleven and one or by chance twelve and zero will solve a lot. Recruiting, retaining players, and getting up rated coaches and coaching. Uh, yeah, I mean it Agreed. solves a lot of issues. Solves a lot 100%. of issues." Hundred percent. Retaining players is kind of an interesting one in there, though, because like I would argue that you might lose more players if you do really well to that degree. But I mean, it it, it would depend. My whole thing, Ryan, is I've always found like with Bama, yeah, Bama doesn't have the tr- has never had the transfers out that that people might think. Yeah. I guess and I was usually, thinking more like going pro early type of thing. Because if you go twelve and zero, you got gotcha. had some breakouts. This yes, year, like, like LSU did nineteen. That's a good point, yeah. Ryan. Right, yeah, I was right. thinking transfers. If you're yeah. from an NFL standpoint, yes, you are correct. Yeah. Like Jordan Patello probably yeah. had double digit sacks if you went twelve and zero this year. Like that's Riley Mills is now. probably gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, Cam Hart, Xavier Watts. Well, it's Cam Hart for sure, but Xavier yeah. Watts. Yeah, guys like that. But yeah, I was more thinking transfers. Gotcha. You know, because oh yeah, yeah. you'll be able to retain more people yeah. that way yeah. for sure. But yeah, that's a good point, Ryan. You're definitely going to lose more guys to the NFL if that happens. If you if yeah. you go twelve, especially if you go twelve and zero. I agree. Joseph Rimes Rimes. Excuse me if I'm pronouncing it wrong. Does Ohio State really have the second best defensive line in the country? So, Ryan, this comes down to a list from your boy Max Chadwick at Pro Football oh. Focus. I know Max. And uh, he has Ohio State with the number two defensive line in the country behind George. He has Michigan at number three, Illinois okay. at four, Florida State at five. Oh, LSU. Illinois needs to be higher. Illinois yeah. needs to be higher. To me, Illinois has the back. best D line in the Big Ten. That's yes. LSU six, Bama seven, uh, UCLA eight, Miami. UCLA has got some dudes coming back. Yep, Miami nine and Penn State ten. Look, here's what it comes down to for me, Ohio State, Ryan. I'm going to say this, and then you can handle it. Could Ohio State end up with the second-best defensive line in the country? Yes, they could. Should they be ranked number two right now going the season? Absolutely not. I don't even think right now, just what we know of these, that they're even the second-best defensive line in the Big Ten right now. What they have is a lot of five-star players that flash. Yeah. But they don't produce at an elite level like they should. Jack Sawyer is considered a big-time player for one reason and one reason only, because he was a top-five national player coming out of high school. He's never actually played like that. I actually think JT is the only – of the two former five-star ends that played a bunch, JT, to me, is a far better player than Jack Sawyer. Far better. I mean, he – he turned that Penn State game around last year almost by himself last yeah. year in the second half. Jack Sawyer was always overrated. He was never a top five national player. Is he still very good? Yeah, he's very he's a talented player, but he's not what he was. It just comes down to that. Like I've seen like four different D linemen from 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 Ohio State be projected as first round draft picks. Actually, five actually. And look, they have talent. They could end up being one of the two best, but they got a lot to prove, man. A lot to prove yeah. to me before I can go there. JT right now is to me the only elite guy, I, but I like Michael Hall. I think he's a really good player. Uh, Tyreek Williams is back too, isn't he? Very talented. Yep. Very, talented Very good player. player. Uh, there's a lot of talent there. They just have to prove it. And right now that's a lot of projection for having them number two in the country. A lot yeah. of projection. In my well, I, I would, um, they're not the best, second best defensive line coming back in college football right now. Mm-hmm. No doubt. Could if the article was strictly written off second most talented defensive line coming yeah. back, then I could I mean, because 
then you could say like you just named four like very talented yeah. players. There's no doubt. I agree with you that they're not finished yeah. products. They're not producers at this point. Illinois has the best defensive line coming back in college football, probably at least in the Big Ten. I mean, you mm-hmm. have you have Drazon Newton, you have Keith Randolph inside, who are both dudes on the interior. You have Seth Coleman, who's a very underrated defensive end, and you have number seventeen's name is like Gabriel Jacques, who was a freshman All American last year, had like four and a half sacks or five sacks, like. Illinois has got some dogs coming back mm-hmm. on the defensive line. So they deserve their mention. They deserve to be way higher than they are. Yeah. Agree. I just, you know, that's just kind of typical pro football folk. They have one guy that does everything for college football now, which is just like, okay. Like, <laughs> you know, I, I mean, honestly, like right now of what we know, and I'm going to ask you this, Ryan, this is a genuine yeah. question right now off what we know about these players, what we have seen yeah. them do in college. Would you have, Ohio State over Florida State? I wouldn't. What would you? Especially the defensive with the, line? Yeah, with Braden Fisk obviously being added as well. Oh, yeah. Braden got you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. you've got you've got so you got Jared Verse coming back. You had the two really good freshmen last year, Patrick Payton, Joshua Farmer. I believe Derek McClendon's coming back. Uh you've got a couple other young guys coming back. You had and then you add uh um, tackle came back too. I can't remember yeah. his name. Um but uh Fabian Lovett, talking about him. Yeah, I love it. Came out. Yeah. Yep. And then you add Braden Fisk to the equation. I mean, right now, that's a much more proven defensive line from a production standpoint than Ohio State. I mean, again, who is the big time dominant player at Ohio State right now that can ma- can match Jared Verse? I don't even think JT is that yet. He's had his oh, moments yet. where he's like, oh man, that guy's gonna have a ton of talent. Jared Verse was a guy that took over ball games last year. Yeah. In big ball games against LSU last year. Last year. Oh, like, yeah. It was nuts. It was nuts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> But he, he he finished with 17 tackles for loss last year, right? He only had two and a half only. He only had two and a half against LSU. Point being, yeah. it wasn't like the year Jerron Jones had 11 and like six of them came against Miami. Right. It, it, that's what I mean by only two and a half. He sure. didn't have that one game where like a third of his tackles for loss came in like a game against, you know, somebody that sucked. I mean, he had, he had two and a half against Oklahoma, two and a half against Georgia Tech, two and a half against Wake, two and a half against uh, LSU missed a game he had at least a half a tackle for loss in every game but one and it was the game he got hurt in against louisville yeah like that's a level of consistency that you really want to see it's a monster man yes that four and a half sacks in the last five games of the year like he's a really good football player really good football player started albany man started albany yeah i so i just i don't like that list i mean i'll tell you what the way that people rank ohio state's roster coming back i if they don't win every game by 14 points, then Ryan Day should be fired. I mean, the way that people hype up this football team, just yeah. it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. I'm like, you guys do okay. I'm not gonna get into it, but yes, it's it's <laughs> it's it's nuts. Is this a incredibly talented football team? Yes, it is. It is. It talented. is. Yeah. Are they as talented as some past Ohio State teams? No, they're not. I mean, they're they're just not. They they're loaded in a couple positions. And they're not as good as they've been. I mean, like linebacker, they got good talent linebacker. I love Tommy Eichenberg. But let's not forget, this is a team that one year had Raquan McMillan, Josh Perry, and Darian Lee at linebacker, and Curtis Grant at linebacker. You know what I mean? Like, mm. what was the year, Ryan? They had like three, they had like five first or second round NFL draft picks in their secondary. The 2015 team was that way. They had another year that was similar to that. The 2019 secondary was pretty loaded, too. With, uh, remember when they had, uh, you remember when they had AJ Hawk, Bobby Carpenter, and yeah. uh, James Laurinaitis was a backup. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, they've had some pretty good, 
linebackers yep. in the years. And you know, you look at their team now. Are they talented? Yes. Are they are they this team that's got? Uh, they, Ryan, I literally have seen twelve different Ohio State players mocked in the first round of this next year's draft. That's just come on, guys. What are we doing here? Like Bama and their heyday wasn't getting that. Like it's just right. it's getting silly with some of the stuff about Ohio State. It's just weird. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We had a question from Jason Rose who said, how hypocritical is Lane Kiffin saying that the transfer portal is destroying college football? He has the name Portal King for a reason. The guy brought in two quarterbacks in the same offseason. I can't stand comment. With all Jason, this isn't a... Please don't take this the wrong way, but I really dislike comments like this because the transfer portal is the rule. He is following the rules while advocating for what needs to be done to change them to be better for the game in his opinion. He'd be an idiot not to take advantage of the rules as they are in place. To me, I view him as being honest because I believe that the transfer portal, if it goes back to the way it used to be, hurts Ole Miss, in my opinion. Because they can't just go out there and get two transfer quarterbacks in the same offseason and can't go get some of the guys they've added to their roster. So I have no problem with it. The rules are you can do this. Yeah. And he doesn't like the rule. So he should take a stand and not do it. Why? That that that's (laughs) like why? You know, like I don't like the rule. It's the rule and I need to keep my job. And so I'm going to do it to make sure that my football team has what it needs to be successful, but it shouldn't be this way. Cause I don't think this is good for the game. Maybe he's being disingenuous and he's doing it to benefit himself, but I'm not a big Lane Kiffin fan, to be honest with you, Ryan, like just full disclosure. I'm not a yeah. big Lane Kiffin fan, but his takes on the transfer portal to me seem very genuine. In my opinion, I could be completely wrong, but he's kind of aware his emotions on a sleeve kind of guy. Like he's not like a tactical. I'm gonna. He just kind of like. Did you see him at the SEC? Like he looked hungover. His like hair's go. all like jacked up. You know the guy asked him. People say that I look like that was the dumbest question I've ever seen. I didn't in even media hear that day. one. Some kid, some guy says, you know, I often get mistaken for you know, people think I look like you. Blah blah. And he went the song and and he and he's like, what do you think about that? Oh my and god. Just looks and he goes. <laughs> He goes, that might have been the longest question. That's the most weird question. And then he starts talking about it. He's like, you know, it's just he tried to give a serious answer, but it's like, what? How is that person credentialed to be at the SEC media day? Like, what Insane, in the man. world are we talking Insane. about? You know, people think I look like you. What do you think about that? Like, uh, I think that you're not a serious person. I have more important things to do with my day. That's what I would Seriously. have said. Seriously. But I do think it's a genuine take. I could be completely wrong. He could be completely, this is a, in his best interest question. I don't know. Or, or opinion, but I think it's genuine, but I just feel like, man, like be mad at the people that made, made it this way. Not yeah. the person asking it to change. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It, it's not like he's, it's not like he's trying to change in a way that only helps him. 
Right. He doesn't like the rule, but that th this is the rule now, you know? And yeah, I don't know, man. I just, I don't understand why people have this take of if you're going to be against something, it means you shouldn't do it. Even if it's the rules, right? Like, okay. If, if I don't believe the, the, if I don't, if I'm someone who does not believe that the highway speed limit should be hundred miles an hour, it should be 50. I'm just making a point. And I'm on the highway. I'm st I'm not driving 50 to set an example because it's dangerous. Right. Like I'm going to go faster because I need to. You have to stay up with the flow of traffic to a degree. But I can say this is silly. So you either stay off the highway or. But but what if the only way to get everywhere you need to go is on the highway? Right. And the only way I can keep my job and keep this and keep that is if I get on the highway. I mean, you kind of got to do what you need to do, but also say, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna use my my name to to push back and say, this needs to change. This is silly. This, this, this isn't right. So I don't think that's hypocritical Elaine, at all. I don't think Elaine. it's hypocritical at all. I don't. Yeah. What would, what would be hypocritical if he would just say, I don't think poaching players off of other people's rosters is, is wrong. And then you find out he's poaching players, right? He's right. behind the scenes. Now, if, if you were to tell me that Jason, I'd be on there with you. Right. Cause that's not legal. That's against the rules. It, that's why I think Brent Venables, like Brent Venables comments about recruiting, about rec committed players. That's incredibly hypocritical, incredibly hypocritical. And kudos to Notre Dame for saying, we're not going to let our committed players take official visits. Right. But you know what else we're not going to do? Let committed players to other schools take official visits. That's not hypocritical. Lane, yep. like Br Brent Venables says a lot of dumb stuff that's hypocritical. To me, yes, right? Yes, he does. Like, you know, kids don't understand the word commitment, blah, 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 blah. Well, why are you out there recruiting other kids. committed players? <laughs> right, right. You know what I mean? And, and negatively recruiting against the other schools. Like, you're, you're full of crap. Lane Kiffin, to me, is like, these are the rules. I'm going to live by them, but I don't like them. And I think they should change. So that that's that's my two cents on that. And okay. we got uh, two more, Ryan, and we're going to get out of here. Tyler Evans with the Super Chat. Thank you so much, Tyler. I was watching the ACC media day and Pat Narduzzi said NIL needs to have a salary cap. What do you guys think of his comments? I don't, I just don't know how you would regulate it. I completely agree with that, Ryan, because what the NCAA should do is the day after they set salary caps for coaches and coaching staffs, they should then set a salary cap for players. So yeah. when they cap your salary as a head football coach and your assistant coaches, then sure, let's set, let's salary cap. Like, the, Football coaches drive me nuts sometimes. Talk about just – we talked earlier about being tone deaf. Why do you want to put a salary cap on players when you don't have one? Right. So this is this is the opposite of the Lane Kiffin thing. Do you support salary – I would ask – this is my response, I would say, to Pat Narduzzi. Do you support salary caps for coaches and coaching staffs? He might say yes because he knows it benefits him because they can't keep up with other places. Right. So, Coach, would you say it's okay? Because, look, Coach, I mean, listen, you know, public schools around the country are really hurting for money. You know, we're having an inflation problem. We're having a supply chain problem. You know, we just really need to get to a position where, you know, schools are better set spending their resources on other things. So we're going to cap the head coaching salary for every head coach in the country at a million dollars. And you can only spend a million dollars on your assistant coaches. Do you think Pat Narduzzi would be like, yeah, that sounds great? No, 
He wouldn't. He wouldn't like that. Why are we doing that for players? Right. Now, here's what I would do. If you want to make this right, collectives to me would have caps. Collectives can only give X amount of dollars to each player. Collectives. So a collective can raise all, a month, can raise money enough to spend X amount of dollars on each. Each player should get $20,000 from a collective per year, something like that, right? Like put a cap on that. But then NIL, which is a different thing to me, should not have caps. The cap should be what is a business willing to pay my starting quarterback? If a right. business views the Notre Dame quarterback as being worth $2 million to market and hawk his products, then he should be allowed to do that if it's a genuine exchange of services or good and or goods, right? So if I view you as bringing value to my business as a, as a part of my marketing strategy, and I think by using uh, Caleb Williams from USC as my lead spokesperson, that I can increase my revenue X amount of millions of dollars, which means it's worth me paying a million dollars to Caleb Williams to be my lead ad guy, then I should be allowed to pay him a million dollars. What I should not be allowed to do is be a USC alum who thinks this kid should be a great quarterback for me. So I give him a million dollars and all you got to do is show up one Saturday and do some speaking thing. And there you go. That's not what NIL should be about to me. That's not, that's what you've said, Bart. That's pay for play. Yeah. I don't like that. But if a company believes that an athlete is worth X amount of dollars to his company as part of you, I'm taking advantage of your name, image, and likeness to bring value to my business, then there should be no caps on that. So that to me, there needs to be two separate things. The collective should only be allowed to give X amount of dollars per players. Make it this amount for power five, this amount for group of five if you want. But it can't, it's not, it's a, it's a, it's a nationwide thing. If you are a part of, if you don't want to do it, then don't be part of the NCAA. But you can give, let's say, like $20,000 a semester. So that's how collectives can kind of, you want to pay players without making employees, which is something that people are saying, and collectives are saying, we want to we want to be able to pay players without making employees. I think that's, that's, that's smart. I don't want players to be employees because of all the things that come with it. But if you want to say, hey, look, let's let the collectives be the ones that are essentially responsible for paying players, and it goes to every player. It, you don't give this amount to the quarterback. You don't give this amount to the you know, the first string quarterback, this amount to the fifth string quarterback. It's every player that's on scholarship makes this amount of money and walk-ons can make up to this amount of money per year. Let's do it. And then let NIL be a separate thing. That's what I would support with no caps on the NIL part. Because that to me, I'm a, I'm a free market guy. I'm a true capitalism guy. Not like the crony corporatist tap, capitalism we got now, but like true capitalism, free, free exchange of ideas, free trade, if you if you mean something to me, if you bring value to me, and I think I should, should you know me paying you this amount is going to be good for my business, then I should be allowed to do that, right? If I think you know having Sam Hartman host a show at Irish Breakdown is going to be worth X amount of dollars, and I'm willing to pay him because he's going to bring that value to me, there should be no cap on that. Now it wouldn't be I wouldn't be able to afford Sam Hartman. I'm just making the point. Why should there be a cap on that? If I'm willing to pay more to genuinely help my business, why should there be a cap on that? There shouldn't be. And this, this nonsense of coaches, like you, you just go shut up and just go, go coach football, please. Pat Narduzzi. Like you come up with the stupidest things all the time about how to, shut up and go coach football. Right. Because you don't understand, like you're, you're, you're just, you don't understand this. 
well, it's it's this, this. No, just shut up and go coach football. We'll handle all this grown up stuff over here. You know what I mean? Because players should be able to capitalize on their on their name, image, and likeness. The problem is, is NIL is being used and abused for a lot of other things, right? Yeah. And I somewhat understand his sensitivity to it because of what happened with the Jordan Addison thing. But then change the transfer rule, put bigger teeth behind tampering like the NFL does. You know why teams in the, in the NFL rarely tamper, if ever? Because they don't want to have to deal with the consequences that happen if they do, right? Lose a first-round pick. And, and, and millions of dollars. Yep. You know, and, and some people get fired. It's just not worth it. You know what I mean? So they don't tamper. Well, the NCAA doesn't have those type of punishments involved. So there are plenty of rules you can change to eliminate the cheating that is that 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 NIL is being used to do without saying like salary cap to me, you're not fixing anything. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. What are you fixing by putting a salary cap on on this? You're not fixing anything. Guys are still gonna poach your players. They're just gonna right. go back to doing it the way they used to do it, which is well, we'll give you whatever the cap number is, but don't worry. We're gonna do this little side piece to your mom, your <laughs> girlfriend, or whatever else case may be. Yeah, that's not gonna change. So make it an out front and honest thing. Hey, and, and then make it to where an NIL deal is not tied to you being at a specific school. Right? Do that. Mm-hmm. There's all types of things you can do, Ryan, to get rid of the pay for play model, but also say, not say we're going to make sure that the quarterback at Alabama, Notre Dame, can't make any more money than the quarterback at Troy. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard of. That's dumb. And you're going to get sued for that and lose, in my opinion. Like you lose every other case because you constantly come up with stupid rules that are actually not meant to be friendly to the players and all that other stuff. It's just meant to benefit the schools. So cap collectives make everybody, every player gets X amount of dollars. Now you've solved the whole you know pay-for-play thing. Everybody gets the same. And now there's, there's value in NIL. And NIL is a true exchange of services like it's meant to be your name image image and likeness means this amount of much this amount of money to my company and i want to be willing to pay you that and this is what i ask in return and then there we go not hey i'd love to see you playing quarterback at notre dame here's x amount of dollars to get you here what do i got to do just show up a couple meet and greets and that's it you're not actually bringing value to me as a business you're just i'm now a fan that has money to buy you that's not what NIL is supposed to be, Ryan. And I think you and I are, on that part at least, are yeah. 100% on the same page, at least on that part. Yeah. I mean, it's it's the separation that I think is the biggest thing for me is that everyone just groups it all into the same bucket. And it's just like, that's not the same bucket. Like, yeah. I mean, what it, where is the money going? Where is it coming from? There's a lot of factors that people like to ignore because everyone makes money. And it's just like, nope, that's not actually pay for play. That's not actually... Mm-hmm. NIL. So it's right. just very unfortunate that, again, we're asking coaches of individual programs these questions to begin with because nobody up top is actually helping anyone. Right. And then stupid things follow that. So, yes. And Pat Menarduzzi is definitely would definitely not be on my committee of uh, let's find answers to this. Pat Narduzzi would not be on my select committee of people with good ideas to come up with solutions to fix this problem. So. That guy drives me nuts. Oh, Pat. It's like, dude, just stop, Pat. Just you're not helping yourself. Because like it's like Eli Drinkwitz said something stupid like this, right? I always does. Yeah. And and it's like you guys are not helping your cause at all. Like just when fans 
start to get sick of the NIL the way it is now, a coach comes out and says something so utterly stupid that you're like, nah, screw it. I'm no, I'm back on board with just do whatever, just pay him. You know what I mean? Like, you guys are so dumb. Shut your freaking pie holes, coach football, and you know, we, we can figure this other stuff out in another way. But you know, or or only X amount of coaches are allowed to talk on it. If you say something stupid, you know, the AFCA gets involved and says, okay, you've lost your privileges on talking about NIL because you say stupid things that hurt our cause. And Eli Drinkwitz did that. This whole salary cap thing is just just silly. It's just dumb. And um, I just I can't stand it. I just, especially coming from Pat Narduzzi. It would annoy me if anybody says it, but he just is like the king of saying really stupid things. Yeah. That's my that's my dislike of Pat Narduzzi. I just I can't stand that guy. I cannot oh, goodness gracious. All right. A couple more here, Ryan, from uh, Archer. Archer says Joe Burrow was ca- carted off after practice with non-contact calf injury. Do you think there needs to be more research into cleat and turf technology? I'm all for helping student helping student athletes, helping yeah. athletes, you know, have the best possible outcomes right so that that for me is yes there should definitely be if they're if these are continuing to happen these non-contact injuries i think that there needs to be be continue to be investment there because that is what makes you money at the end of the day right if i'm an nfl team or if i'm the nfl in general like those athletes make you the money so i think that you should invest back into them without question well it's also just being a decent human being of you want to take care of your your people too right i mean i'm all for you should always be an R and D in that. Ryan, I'm a big believer that if you're a company that creates a cert, a goods or a goods or a service to somebody, you should always be looking at R and D to make it better. Right? You should always have yeah. an R and D budget to make it better. Do I think an injury to Joe Burrow in a non-contact in, it means that all of a sudden now we need more? No, I don't think more. I mean, injuries happen. I don't care how technologically advanced you have outside of bubbles. You know, putting guys in big giant bubbles where they can't bend anything or break anything or whatever else, where you actually aren't playing football anymore, guys are going to get hurt, right? So, it, does an injury like this need to spur? What I would say is the only time something like that would be true, Ryan, is if we started to see a pattern, like we've seen from people talk about the Under Armour cleats. There is a yeah. pattern here where this per, people that the people that wear this brand of shoe have X injuries at an X higher percentage than everybody else. Now you need to be investing more into your R&D to fix this problem. But a player getting hurt, that's part of the game. I need to see a pattern before I would advocate for more. It should always be an important part of what you're doing. But Joe Burrow getting hurt doesn't mean, oh, no, um, we need to do this. Like, Would you be asking this question if it was like Ryan Finley got carted off a of No, it's because it's a starter, so all of a sudden there needs to be more R&D, you know what I mean, into this. I, I don't necessarily buy that, Ryan. I think – I think helmets, shoulder pads, cleats, turf, all things that involve um, player safety should always be how can we make it better, how can we make it better, and then make sure you're spending the time testing these things out over a period of time to make sure you've got better results as opposed to just we have this idea, let's run with it. You know what I mean? Oh, didn't work out how we hoped. I don't know that that's necessarily happening. I'm just saying like you need to be careful should always be part of what you do, but just an injury to one guy to me doesn't mean all of a sudden it's a problem that we need to get addressed. Right. Right. I just like Tom and Tom Brady's injury. I feel like is something that sparked a rule change in the NFL that wasn't necessary and only happened because it was Tom Brady that got hurt. Like that's just my, that's my stance. You know, like there are certain, like, I don't like guys being able to dive at a quarterback's knee. 
but it got overreacted to so greatly, Ryan, is kind of where I'm coming from. I think it's probably a better way of saying it because it happened to Tom Brady. If it would have happened to somebody else, Matt Castle in a in a in a preseason game, they're not going out immediately changing the rule, right? Yeah. So, you know, yeah. That's my sense. It's two cents on that. Last question here, Ryan, and then we'll get out of here. B feeder ND08 says, which running back had the best combo of speed and power? Best combo of speed and power on the current roster? If healthy, probably Jadarian Price, I guess. Him or Jabron Payne would be my two, my top two, actually. Jabron's got a lot more juice, I think, than people think. But I would agree with you, Ryan. It's going to be one of the two sophomores. I would probably lean towards Jadarian, but Jabron's got a little bit more beef to him. I'll have to send you a picture that Angela took from practice yesterday. So, yeah. Yeah. Maybe maybe Jeremiah Love in a couple years, but as of right now, it's Jadarian for me. Yeah. I think so. I think he's – I'll say this. Here's how I would look at it. You'd have to – to answer the question this way, Ryan, you'd have to look at it this way. Jadarian's faster, so he has the speed. Mm -hmm. LeBron's more powerful of just individually those two skills. So the answer comes down to who's more at one than over the other. And so if I had to pick one, I'd say I would probably lean towards the difference in speed is greater that of Jadarian's advantage is probably greater than the difference in power between Jabron and Jadarian. And so that's where I would, I would say I'd lean toward with you with Jadarian, but I think Jabron right now is the only other person that's in this conversation for me because Audric doesn't have the speed to be in the conversation. Neither does, and Devin Ford doesn't have either. He's more shifty, elusive, and those type of things. And Jeremiah Love doesn't have the power. He's a speed guy. So it, it, that's where I get from those two. But I, I'm with Ryan. I would probably go with Jadarian. But it'd be a little tougher decision for me. I think I think Jabron's in that. And I think if you, Ryan, I, I wish you were standing next to me at practice yesterday and today, because I, I think if you saw Jabron, the juice he had, you'd be like, okay. It's a little bit more than what we saw last year. I'm, I'm looking. I can't wait for people to see this running back room, man. I just, I can't wait. It is so talented. It really is, man. It just gets, and we knew it was going to be right. Like you and I have been talking about this a lot this off season. Like this is a talented running back room, and and I think partly what excites me is because when you do uh, kind of get into a situation where, hey, I, uh, I'm. I'm excited about this group, and then I see them, and they're better than expected. Mm-hmm. You kind of start getting a little bit uh, like, okay, that that's a great place to be. That's a great place to be. All right, so that, Ryan, that's going to do it. Why don't you go ahead and take us out of here, man? We're Thank you, get everybody. Out of here under the five minute mark, under the four hour mark, we're going to do it. Thank you, everyone, for joining today on the Irish Breakdown Podcast. If you missed any of the beginning sections, we did a little bit of a post-practice observation from day two of Notre Dame fall camp. Also talked a little 2025 quarterbacks as well as previewed some of the visitors that you should be expecting on campus, both 2024 commits, 2025 recruits alike this week. So before you leave, you just hit that like button, subscribe to the podcast, hit that notification bell, five-star reviews on any of all of your favorite podcast platforms. Always very appreciated. Go to boards at irishbreakdown.com for continued analysis from both the team and recruiting perspective. We will catch you all tonight on IB nation sports talk and back tomorrow for another post-practice observation and the weekly free Friday free for all mailbag. So from Ryan, I, that is Brian. Thank you all so much for joining us today on the Irish breakdown 
podcast. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.